Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Certainty Talks. On this show, we talk about certainty, a topic that feels more important today than ever before, but all in all, always an important topic. We have my good friend and business partner in the Whale Club here, Paul Sparks. Not only is he a very successful real estate investor, but he's also a certified certainty advisor. Now, we do this show because a wise man once asked, if you look at the last three years, three years of your business, and took all the months that were negative and reduced them down to zero, what would happen to your bottom line? And that was by our good mentor, friend, Dan Nicholson. And uh, today we are here to help you achieve financial certainty by rigging the game in your favor. Now, I am on a mission to create 100 millionaires. The information on this podcast alone is enough to help you become a millionaire in the next five to seven years. If you'll take consistent action, I assure you, you will become one. And if you get value today, please Share this episode right now. That way we can all grow together. And as we go through these concepts, some of these concepts might sound weird. You might be uh, trying to close the loop. All I ask, keep the loop open as long as possible. Some of these weird topics will make sense as we talk about it a little bit more. And if it doesn't make sense today, maybe it might make sense in the next episode. Uh, we do like to start these off with six-word updates. I'll go first and then we'll go to Paul. For me, since we're going through our quarterly meetings, Trust can't exist without uncomfortable conversations. Quarterly meetings, gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we probably should have, have another another one of those. We haven't had ours uh, as as been as regimented as we probably should be with that. But that's a good one because um, trust can't with a, exist without uncomfortable conversations. I, yep. I know that to be true. Uh, my six word update is uh, raising private money at the gym. Oh, there you go. How about that? That's awesome. It's actually one of my topics for our quarterly meetings, how to raise more private money. So yeah, that's that's very, very timely. I think that's a lesson that we can all definitely take at the moment. Yeah, you just let people know how they, uh, how they can help you and how you can help them. It's, you know, I think a lot of times I've just shied away from talking about what I do because I, you know, I'm just not sure if they care or if it's relevant. And it's like, well, to some people it is. And if you just open your mouth, people can, people can, uh, benefit from that and you can benefit from that too. Yeah. So while you're lighting them up on defense, you're just like, by the way, <laughs> for some private capital, he, he wanted to play some, some, uh, 21 today. And we ended up playing two on two and we, um, he and I smoked the other two guys. So it was good. Okay. That's good. You guys are on the same team. Um, yeah. so today, our, uh, what we what we will be talking about is how the whale club is bridging the gap between real estate blockchain and other emerging technologies. So you want to lead us off, lead us off, Paul? Sure. Uh, what we're facing right now, of course, all this is my opinion, um, our opinion, I should say, <clears throat> but we're, we're, we are looking at a massive land grab. There is a completely untapped market right now of, and I, and I think what the point of today's call is to discuss that opportunity that we're seeing, but you know, the way I the way that we see it, Steve, is that there's just a massive land grab right now for real estate investors that want to get into the blockchain space. Absolutely. And I think that if you look at it, everyone's said this, right? As and as we became entrepreneurs, um, you know, you don't want to be the um the guy that's necessarily, you know, digging for gold. You want to be the person selling the shovels, right? You know, you want to be the one selling the pickaxes. And right now, there is a land grab coming for sure. And if you're not ready for it, 
it's just going to pass by, right? And I, and, and we're not talking about digital land here, right? We're not, not talking metaverse. about the metaverse. <laughs> we're not talking about the metaverse. Yeah, we're talking about some uh, some opportunities. So what are those opportunities? Well, first, I think I'd like to describe the the problem, if I may. Yeah. Um, because this word, crypto, I mean, I just got back from a, a mastermind we're both in, uh, Collective Genius, and... Actually, this last time was it was it was a little different than every other time before. But you know, in these real estate communities, oftentimes words like crypto and blockchain it's it's fairly taboo. Um, most people don't really understand what the technology is, and most importantly, why it's useful. And I think that's because there's just not a, le- a lot of leaders in the space mm-hmm. making it clear why this is useful to people. Yeah, well, I think part of it too, right, is if you're a person that's going to be interested in the blockchain, then you're going to do a lot of the work yourself. I mean, Gary Vee has been saying, I remember it's because I, I got into, I got stuck in this rabbit hole, you know, during in January when I caught COVID. Um, I was quarantined, right? And Gary Vee said, like, every person should take 50 hours and just gobble up as much information as possible. So what do we do? We take those 50 hours, right? Because we tend to be pioneers, innovators, whatever. We take those 50 hours. And then the next thing we do after we take those 50 hours, we talk to this other person who has not taken the 50 hours and we just vomit all this information all over them. How does that land? (laughs) Well, this is what this, this phrase we learned from, from Nick. Uh, There's a big difference between validity and usefulness. And so what happens is, you get these people who start to understand blockchain, real estate investors or otherwise, and they start sharing information. Well, what do we know like about let's let's think about the dictionary for a second here. If you go and you look up a word in the dictionary and and the the definition is using a bunch of other words that you also don't understand, is that really helpful in understanding the word you're trying to describe? No, it's not. So Crypto people, and I'm guilty of this just as, as bad as anybody else. Right? I was definitely I, guilty of this before. I probably still am, but I was definitely guilty of this before. We say things like decentralized exchanges and networks and liquidity pools and yield farming and all these words. And people are like, I don't know what you're saying. And I don't know any, I don't have any context for that. It's, it's what we call innovation. It's not information that's useful to anybody. It's like looking up a definition of a word and then finding all these other words to describe yeah. it that you don't even know what they mean. Exactly, exactly. So um, I was trying to think. Uh, I, I was listening to one of the things that Nick Peterson was talking about. And it was basically saying, like, the best way to kill any kind of rapport you have with another person is to say a word that they have to Google after you leave. It's like, oh, that's, <laughs> how many times have I, have I been guilty of that? Well, the the cool the thing is is like we learn all these this cool stuff about blockchain and and we we want to sound smart we want to sound like we know what we're talking about and we do know what we're talking about but that's not how other people understand it so you might um, you might make the same mistake if you understand blockchain that I did saying things like it's a digital immutable ledger it's completely decentralized it's totally transparent and people are like like that's Okay, those are just a bunch of words. That's totally valid. Totally true. Those are valid things, but it's not useful. 
in bridging the gap of understanding. And we talk about usefulness has to be tied to pre-wired, hardwired ideas, things that we already know. You know, it's so it's like blockchain is kind of like this thing that you already understand. What we're doing in the blockchain is kind of like this other thing that you already understand. Yeah, I mean, the, one of the lines I love, I hear you say it a lot, um, is uh, only differentiate where you innovate, right? And we're trying to like do this application, that application, this and that. And like, why are you trying to create all these things to solve a problem when you only need to change just one piece here? Mm -hmm. So yeah, agreed. So there's one example you like to use a lot. And I think it's probably one of the best. Um, you want to, you want to go ahead and talk about that? Which one are you talking about? I, I like to, to, to keep a collection of stories. So which well, one are you talking about? I mean, if I'm buying a car today, if I'm buying a used car today, there's one particular animal that I have. I, I need to see his, I need to see a picture of that animal next to the, the, the ad. <laughs> show me the, show me the Carfax, right? Right. Um, what the Carfax example does does and we, what the, what today's conversation is about is how the whale club's helping to close the gap between blockchain and real estate we in order to educate folks in the real estate world we've got to tell stories that are useful in bridging the gap of understanding so one of them that we talk about is the carfax model and we help people that understand that don't quite understand what the blockchain is understand it through this example and so what did Carfax do? They took all the information, anything that happened to a car, any maintenance, any time it was sold, if it was in a wreck, you know, things like this. And they tracked all that information with the car. So when you bought and sold a car, that information transferred with the car. That is essentially a form of blockchain. All the information is going into one place. It's transferring with the car. There's no reason why we couldn't do that same thing with any other asset. You could have the home facts, property facts, business facts, any of these types of you know things. It's the same exact thing, and I think that Carfax was a, was way ahead of their time with this uh, with this idea. Yeah. So, uh, a lot of times people talk about blockchain, they talk about ownership, right? But we were also talking about that activity, things that have happened since you've owned it. So, you know, right now, if you were in a market for a used car, this exact moment. Right, and you're buying a car in South Florida, you're gonna check the Carfax. You wanna know the history involved with that car. There's no way, I mean, there is a way, but there's no good way to buy a used car in Florida Florida, the, Florida at the moment without checking that. And so what we're arguing here is uh, that the way that you would go to the Carfax to track oil changes, rear end, uh, mileage, every time they've gone to get an oil change, all that information that's stored well, now we're going to have that in a way that you can view it anywhere at all times. Mm -hmm. It's it's what the blockchain really does is it provides better access to information. It provides better verification of that information. So when we talk about Carfax, it can be more easily verified because it's all in one place. Yeah. We get this Carfax report, and now we know what's happened to the life of that car. That's what the blockchain does. That is something that's useful for real estate investors to bridge the gap of understanding. So what Carfax, and we've given other examples like tree rings and the, the fossil record, those are two that we really like. I talk about the Microsoft Excel example, um, but 
The point is we want to use stories and practical examples of what the technology is because people don't understand valid phrases. So, you know, we know this in sales. Well, do you remember that, like, you know, for some of our, some of the older folks, when they were trying to explain what the internet was on the daily show, well, look, it's a bunch of tubes and like ones and zeros and this and that, like, that's the way we try. That's the way I've tried to explain blockchain as a way you may have tried to explain blockchain. Like, look, here's what happens, right? You've got this ledger and everyone could look at it and you try to talk about all these things and they're just looking at you like, what the hell did you just say? Why, you know, it's like we we spout all these technical facts and features. You mm-hmm. know, it's like we know in sales, you don't sell on features, you sell on benefits. Yep. And we've made the same mistake for a decade, I would argue, in this field because all these early all these innovators and early adopters, really early adopters to this technology, they're tech people. They're but, technical. Uh, they have a, a really strong technical understanding of the innovation. And so they use words that nobody else understands. What we have to do in order to, to, to bridge this gap is we've got to use practical examples and benefits, right? Yep, absolutely. I mean, if I were to ask you, hey, how, how does Linux work? Would you answer that question? I'd be like, I have no clue. I mean, I know it's a thing. Right. But every single person today has used Linux hundreds, thousands, maybe tens of thousands of times, right? I mean, if you look at all the apps that are written in your iPhone, if you look at, if you're going to the bank and they're ch- and they're pulling up your uh, account information, that's all done in the back end. But no one, at least no, no one that you and I interact with, needs to understand how technology works, how the internet works, how Linux works, in order to comfortably use an iPhone, in order to comfortably check their bank account on a website. Exactly. You don't explain you know, social media or the internet or all these things by explaining like, Oh, this is what Linux is. And this is how this works. It's nobody cares. Right. You know, we don't understand technology through tubes and wires and zeros and ones and programming. That's not how we understand it. We understand it through how is it useful to us? Um, And I'm glad you brought up the internet example because you and I feel very strongly that the same paradigm shift we saw from the early 90s to the early 2000s and beyond with the internet is the same paradigm shift we're going to see with blockchain maybe like now and then let's say five, 10 years from now. But the difference, and we'll talk about some of the, the internet examples here, and I'll come back to that, but the difference is we know when we're using the internet. We're using it right now to, to run this, this podcast. We right. use it when we email. We do all these things, and we're pretty much pretty aware because we're directly interacting with that interface. But blockchain is going to be a lot like Linux. It's a massive, massively beneficial technology, but you won't even notice it. It'll be running on the background in all of our applications because it's so revolutionary. It's just not like uh, obvious, I guess. It, you're not interacting directly with it. It's a technology that's that's going to run in the background. Right, exactly. Yeah. So then if I were talking to you and it was like, I don't know, 2002, 2003, and you were trying to explain to me to internet, what would you say then? 
So what we understand technology through is the useful applications that we apply it with. Again, you wouldn't go and describe the internet by saying, yeah, it's a bunch of zeros and ones and tubes and wires because we just can't conceptualize any of that. What we would do is we'd say, oh, so the internet is like this. You know how we send mail back and forth? Like I, I write something and then, or we fax it or whatever and I send you a message? Well, imagine if I could send you a message over the internet and you could get it in seconds. We call that email. And people are like, oh, the internet, email. Okay, I get it now. Yep, exactly. Or if I wanted to learn more about something, right? Like, well, I, I, I'm quite a bit older than you, right? So what did we do when <laughs> we wanted to look something up? When I was a kid, we go to the library. We have an encyclopedia. Right. I had, you know, all 26 letters or whatever we had for the encyclopedias. Right. And in third grade, if I had to look something up, I would go open the encyclopedia. Well, what options do we have today? What's, there's an actual word that we use. That's a company name. Google <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Google it. It used to be Ask Jeeves, right? It used to be yeah. like, yeah, go into this search engine. That's what a search engine is. And you type in a question, ask it a question. We call that Ask Jeeves. Then Google came and dominated that space. But again, that that analogy of it was on a physical representation of all this information, and then it went digital. But like, you don't describe that process through all of the programming and methodology that you need to scan all that in and do it. It's just, oh, instead of going to the library and typing and finding all this information in a book, you just go on your computer, you type it in, it'll spit you out the answer. Yeah. That's the internet. Or I would say, hey, you know what? Here's how search engines work, all right? So basically, there's this company called Google, and they have all these spiders, and they go to all these different websites, and they crawl, and they click on every link, and they store it on their servers, and they've got 20,000 employees in Silicon Valley, and all they do is just see what the bots are looking at. They compile all this information and this and that. They don't care about any of that. They just want to be able to Google something. Exactly. I don't care. Just how do I use this and how does it benefit me? Exactly right. Basically. Yep. You know, it's the same thing with social media. It's like, it's the same thing with e-commerce. It's the applications of the technology that we understand. And let's bring it back to blockchain. That is what real estate investors up to this point have done an absolute terrible job helping other real estate investors understand. Because they're telling all these valid facts. Mm -hmm. Great. I get that you understand how blockchain is useful. If you want to actually be part of bridging this gap and diffusing this idea of blockchain into the real world, you've got to explain to people how it's actually useful and not just information, uh, innovation for innovation's sake. Yeah. So then what are some potential applications that we look at, you know, in the real estate community? I mean, the lowest hanging fruit, and, and let's just let's give the, the fix and flip versus the rental story. Yeah. Okay. Because the, the biggest opportunity right now, like right now for real estate investors is to start earning passive income. We figured out how to do something that most people do not know how to do in crypto. We're fortunate to have figured that out because we're in the, the community with Nick and Dan and they showed yep. us basically. Mm -hmm. Right. So the lowest hanging fruit in my mind is earning passive income. 
And the best way to explain that is through a story like we were just describing. So imagine if you're, because most of us that are listening to this are real estate investors, right? Yeah. Imagine if, if your strategy to make money was to go out and buy a house, do no work to it, no rehab, and wait for two years, three years, five years, hope that it goes up in value and sell it for a profit. So you're buying this house in cash, you're waiting for however many years, and then you're going to hope that the market goes up and sell it. We would never invest that way, would we? No. I mean, we could buy one property that way, but that would not be a real estate investor model. But that's how people trade crypto. Well, I mean, well, that's, well, that's, that's what we all, that's what everyone else is doing, right? I mean, that's kind of like what the general public domain is aware of. It is. So how we're trading is not trading at all. What we're doing is we're buying this house and we're putting a renter in it. That renter is paying us cash flow every single month. And oh, by the way, if it happens to increase in value, we benefit. But we're producing cash flow by holding our assets. We own them and we earn through a process called yield farming. This is part of the stuff that we teach people how to do in the whale club. We walk you through all of this information. In fact, we're going to be putting out a lot of these how-to videos the same way that the Wolf Den, uh, where we originally learned this from Nick and Dan, or they showed us we're going to be making all of this free. So first of all, if you guys haven't already, there's a link down below for our Discord. If you want to get the the free walkthrough videos on how to do all this you're going to want to join that discord it's completely free um so that right there in my mind is the first and most uh obvious let's say lowest hanging fruit application for real estate investors right now it's do what you're doing in real estate uh just do it in crypto yeah yeah and i think the one that everyone always jumps to first when we're talking about real estate and blockchain Everyone jumps into first um, making an NFT of the house, right? Put, taking over title companies, replacing title companies. And I think there's a lot of merit there. I think there's a lot of underestimating how much work is going to be involved. I mean, if you look at it, yeah. how am I going to put every single parcel in rural Kentucky on the blockchain. I just don't see that happening in the next 10 years. On top of that, we're going to take something that's more or less a human element, right? Escrow services, a lot of humans involved and try to convert that to poor Betty, right? Who's right now at the recorder's office. Also entrusting her to while you record this property, also put it in the blockchain. It's just mm -hmm. lots of concerns. Here. I'm not, I'm not ruling it out. I just think that, Everyone says is the first thing to do is potentially overestimating or underestimating how much work is going to be involved in trying to tokenize or put as an NFT every last parcel in America on the blockchain. I mean, you're spot on with that. And we know that to be the case because we've done a lot of research on it in the whale club, right? right. It's part of the white paper we're putting out, you know, and I, it's funny cause I was, uh, 
I'm making notes on my phone here about just different things. Uh, that's actually stuff I'm thinking about tweeting. And one of the things that I wrote down was uh, some people think that title is a great application of blockchain. And it is. But it's so far off that it's not even relevant. Like it's so far off because of the amount of buy-in you're going to need from everybody. I mean, look how long the real estate market and the real estate industry took to adopt the internet. Like it was one of the slowest industries to adopt that in that technology. Is it, is it, it's no surprise to me that title and ownership transfer is going to be one of the, the last things that we see happen. It's a great application. Theoretically, it's not yeah. useful to us in the, in the short term. That's why we're not talking about it. But there is someone in our community that's trying to do something interesting that I think is definitely feasible within the next three to six months. I mean, like, right away yeah. and this is so the first one that i that i see is is passive income yield farming mm -hmm. earning 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 cash flow right now the second is this idea that you're referring to uh called real estate tokenization do you want to explain what that what that means yeah so what i've heard you know when i was looking into this earlier this year right in blockchain it just seems like it, it operates I can't believe it's only earlier this year because it feels like it's been five years since I've been, in, you know, in this world. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first applications I was hearing is like, oh, you know, you just NFT an apartment complex, right? You just take an apartment complex, it's a typical NFTs, you break it into 10,000 coins, right? And that's just each coin's unique and that's ownership in the apartment complex. And then as we've been diving into this world, that's such a stupid idea, right? It's, it seemed like a good idea, but once you get into, into it, why does it need to be non-fungible, right? NFT, non-fungible token. Why does it be non-fungible? Do you care which particular share of a stock that you own? Like which particular share of Apple or Google that you own? You don't. You just want a share. So what we're doing now is we're actively tokenizing. And it's, these are fungible tokens. Not like Bitcoin, but, you know, Bitcoin is a fungible token. You don't particularly care which particular Bitcoin token you have. Same thing here. You don't really care which particular apartment or fund token you have. And so we got someone in the whale club right now who's got a his real estate portfolio. He modeled it just like all the other hedge funds. And he's got not only funds in there, but he's also got single family assets in there. And what he's doing is moving that onto the blockchain where if people wanted to invest in it, they could. Now, I want to not give anyone maybe some false expectations just because it's on the blockchain doesn't mean, oh, now anybody can buy it. We're going to have to put this on the secondary market. You will still need to be an accredited investor to invest in a real estate fund. But this, for in my opinion, is the, is the closest thing we can do for real-world application and, and closing the gap between real estate, blockchain, and other emerging technologies. Absolutely. Let's let's use a story because we know that that's the best way for folks to to really right. grasp these ideas, right? So when we say real estate tokenization, the way I think about that is in the same way that we buy stocks or shares in a company on the stock market, we want to create an opportunity where you could buy shares, you know, coins in our real estate funds or syndications. And as real estate investors, a lot of us, we already have these products. We're already raising private capital. And so we talk about like, we don't need to innovate unless we differentiate. So 
let's tell let's tell the Microsoft Excel Google Sheets story. What's the difference between Microsoft Excel, which was a which was a behemoth for twenty plus years before Google Sheets came along? Right, they crushed that market, dominated. There were no competitors to Microsoft, and then Google came along. And what did they do? The user interface between Google's now now. For those that are super technical, it doesn't have VBA macros and all this sort of stuff, right? But the way most of us use Microsoft Excel, it's it's nearly identical. The user interface is the same. The format and the layout is almost the same. In fact, if you look at the two logos, they literally use the same, basically the same logo, just slightly made it different. What's the difference, Steve? What's the difference between these two products? One has internet access. Yeah, exactly. It means... No longer do I have to send you my uh, my file on the mm-hmm. internet. But I got, You've a got date. To download I, it. I got a date, October 14, twenty two. Right? I got a, you what? I got to I got to name the file today's exactly. date, and then email it you to you. You got to rename it. I always did like Rev one, Rev two point one, Rev whatever. So you know, it's just like that was the point. Is I had to send it to you. You had to download it. You had to rename it. You had to put the date in there. You had to send it back to me. I would download it, rename it, send it back. It's it's like Google Sheets came along and said, actually, Microsoft Excel, you guys have a phenomenal product. We're gonna change one thing though. We're just gonna put it on the internet. Yeah. All yeah. we're doing with tokenization, Steve, is like the same exact thing. Crowdfunding already exists. Putting money into a fund already exists. The only difference is instead of using dollars to pay for it, we're going to use crypto. Right. And we're looking to, again, and it's not us per se. This is what we see as the vision. Really, we're supporting Pete, a Will Club member, right? Help him raise funds to buy more real estate assets from crypto investors that are accredited. Correct. That's it. We're just we're just changing one thing. Everything else about raising money to buy assets is exactly the same. The only thing that's going to change is that we're going to be um, using blockchain assets versus uh, um, cash. And you know, just to kind of illustrate this further, right? You know, when this happens, if I have, you know, let's just say fifty thousand in in Bitcoin, the model today. If I want to reduce my taxes because I made too much money on the blockchain, is taking that fifty thousand, going to something like Coinbase, withdrawing it, taking it whether it's cash or whatever, wire ACH it to some other fund, and then hope that that money makes it there, and then log into some other investor portal, and then put in my ACH information so I can go from my bank. So from Coinbase to my bank into this other investor portal. And then at that point, I've invested. All you and I are trying to do, or all you and I are trying to do as far as supporting Pete, is make it so it's really easy. If they want to buy into his fund, they go into some other exchange or other secondary market and take the Bitcoin from 50000 to whatever his coin is. It's not even to cash. It's just from Bitcoin to his coin. Exactly. Just shortening the the process because when we talk to all the the crypto cowboys, I mean, it's it's no joke, guys. There's a trillion dollars in that market, and it just fell back from almost three trillion. And 
I don't know if now is the appropriate time to talk about scale of it all, mm -hmm. but what we're doing here, let's just leave it at there's a trillion dollars in that market. We're not selling, we're not doing tokenization, real estate tokenization necessarily to sell real estate to real estate investors that got to buy crypto first. Yeah, That's not, not what we're doing. We're not trying to complicate this process. We're trying to, we are trying to help the people that are in the crypto community that are sitting on some massive gains over the last couple of years. And massive that tax have bills. Huge tax bills. And their only downshift, as we say, is into things like Bitcoin, large caps like Bitcoin and ETH and this type of stuff. And one of our things in the whale club is we want optionality. We talk about the barbell. We want more options on the reliable side of the barbell. And if we can just take the real estate portfolios and the funds and the syndications that we've, you know, we've got the folks that are in, again, the folks that are in the whale club are the ones doing this. You and I are here to support all those people tokenize their assets. We're bringing in the crypto people into our community, right? So that not only can we educate them, about real estate and why they need real estate. Uh, there's a reason why we're in real estate, right? It's mostly because of this country was freaking built for real estate investors. Like that's it. There's so many advantages to being a real estate investor. We're trying to help them get real estate by just shortening the gap. It's like, Hey, instead of, like you said, move that back to Coinbase and then wire it to my bank account. Then I'll put it in the fund. And then the fund kicks off cash flow, which will come back to your bank account. Then you got to go into Coinbase again. And then, back around they're just like no man i'm not doing that i'm just gonna leave it in what i got yeah we're just shortening the gap and again shortening the gap right we're just trying to make it easier we're not trying to invent something new we're just trying to make it easier for people that have done well in crypto to buy real estate assets you know we talk about again optionality uh less effort less risk right we're not trying to take over the crypto market. The crypto cowboys, I love that nickname, right? The, uh, the crypto cowboys are going to do what they're going to do. They're going to have times where they're going to do really well. And they may ch take some chips off the table, you know, if they think it's going to go to a bearish market. We're trying to help them park some of those capital into some real estate assets on the blockchain where then they can enjoy depreciation enjoy appreciation, enjoy cash flow, and reduce their taxes, right? Well, I guess depreciation is reducing taxes. So uh, pay down their debt, right? So those are the four reasons to invest in real estate. We're trying to help people that have made a lot of money in blockchain, take some chips off the table. They can still do the blockchain thing, right? Or still do the crypto thing, but take some chips off the table and put it on the barbell and reliability. So you got upside on the, on the crypto side, you got reliability, on, on the real estate side. So we're not trying to invent anything new. We're just trying to make it easier for if you're in the crypto world, you can diversify your assets. And if you're in the real estate world and you have portfolios, you have funds, you've got apartments, now you can raise money one additional way. And we want to make that easy for them as well through the whale club. Raise money. Um, I mean, that's really what it is, right? We're tapping into a trillion dollar market that real estate is not touching right now. It is completely wide open. So I say that there's really two opportunities. One is to educate a market. Like these, these crypto 
Cowboys, they're not going to bigger pockets, right? They're not going to, you know, read these books. That's just not, they're not doing that. Um, It's boring. It's too slow. It takes too long. You know, they, they have a lot of trust in people like Nick. That's why we partnered with Nick. Nick has this massive inroad into that market. We know this because overnight we had over 80 crypto investors join the whale club. Yep. Right. Cause we're letting, we're letting the everyone in. If anybody that wants to join our discord can come in for free. Right. And what we're doing is we're providing education across the aisle. We're teaching crypto folks about the four wealth drivers of real estate. We're teaching them about why real estate is such a, you know, a beneficial part of your portfolio. And, and then not only teaching them about it, but helping them, <clears throat> excuse me, by giving them the products that they can actually buy into. They don't trust random people. They're not going to go out and flip a house. That's not their style. They'll either lend private money or they'll buy into these funds. That's it. Yep. And you know, this might sound crazy. This might sound ambitious. The reason why we feel comfortable uh, creating a community to let everyone else take advantage of this is because Paul and I are in collective genius and we know a lot of people <laughs> with portfolios, with assets, with apartments, and we partnered up with Dan and Nick who have made massive inroads in the crypto community. I mean, one of the really cool things for me when we had, when we were at the certainty event was just hearing both sides, right? Cause we only know the real estate side, but we had the crypto guys and they were talking, right? And they're sharing their concerns, their frustrations, this and that. We're like, really? Like, you don't understand anything about real estate? You don't understand, like, the tax benefits at all? Okay. What a massive opportunity for us to bridge this gap using our community and Dan and Nick's community. Mm -hmm. It's it's huge. It's huge. Um, They don't trust... That's a thing amongst crypto people, right? There's just a... They don't trust a lot of centralized things, and, and it's just, yeah, it's a great opportunity for them. They've had all these crypto folks have educated you and I, that's how we got into earning passive income. They're teaching us how to earn passive income in their world. We're teaching them how to, you know, we, one of the phrases that we came up with as a direct result of hearing them say the phrase, I don't want to lock my money up. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and so the light bulb switched and we were like, Oh my gosh, they don't understand the power of, of real estate because we've got to shift their, their perspective from locking up their money to locking in their financial certainty. The whole point of this conversation of this right. podcast is certainty talks. If we can help folks understand what Nick and Dan so lovingly refer to as old man assets, right? Why this new money, this new, these newfound millions, we're not talking about a a million or two here, guys. We're talking about dozens of millions that these people have made and they don't have a downshift into a more reliable, stable asset because they don't know real estate investors. They don't have access to that. All we're doing is, is we can, if we can get them to, to understand the power of real estate and go from lock, instead of locking up their money, they're locking in their wealth and their financial certainty, we're going to be able to sell products across the aisle and have everyone benefit from being, you know, in that space. This is what we refer to as the massive land grab. Yep. So how, how, how does someone that's listening right now, how do they win? You know, everything we talked about here, right? 
we're trying to help them understand the the upside, the potential, and this and that, the opportunities. If we could just break it down, how would someone win in this land and land rush? Well, first of all, I've I've done a. Uh, it's hard to communicate all this, you know, very very like concisely. So what I've done is made a bunch of master classes. I've got four master classes that I've made. So if anybody's listening to this, you can go to blockchainwales.com, blockchainwales.com. If you scroll down right in, right there on the homepage, you're going to see the four master classes. And I'm laying out exactly what the opportunities are, exactly how we think about the opportunities and how you can directly benefit. Again, you don't have to join the whale club as a whale, right? You can come into our community for free and get a lot of this information absolutely for free. The folks who join the whale club are the, the, the ones that are interested in being involved with some of the top real estate investors in the country who are actually doing something about it, right? We're taking off and we're claiming our territory. That's it. If you're looking to get involved with that if you're trying to be a future leader innovator early adopter to this space you're going to want to join the whale club right again come in for free make sure you join our discord link below to get all this information that's the first step so it comes down to just get educated we know that the biggest challenge we have right now is that we're saying a lot of valid things that aren't necessarily useful we're driving that gap of understanding further and further apart because people in the blockchain space say things like, it's a digital ledger, it's totally immutable, it's transparent. Like, who cares? If you can't tell me how it's applicable to me and how it's useful to yeah. me, it's just innovation for innovation's sake. Right. There's nothing interesting about an immutable ledger. There's nothing that's like, hey, Paul, check this out. I've got an immutable ledger for you. And that'd be okay, like, great. Right. I mean, we're out hiking. Is oh, by the way, Paul, I brought a chair for you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> what yeah, am I gonna do with this? <laughs> it, it's just totally useless unless you can bring it back to a practical application. Exactly right. So you want to know how it practically applies to you as a real estate investor? The four things that I see as the most pressing opportunities. First is like literally as of today, you can earn passive income. Like. We have a proven method that works. We're teaching people how to yield farm and earn this for free. We were taught it for free. We're teaching it for free. Now, it's not as simple as just like, oh, just start earning passive income. We know it's challenging, and there's a high barrier of entry, which is what actually creates the opportunity, Yeah. right? So first step is get educated. But the applications are passive income. It's the opportunity for us real estate investors to tap into a trillion-dollar market for capital, it's an opportunity to, to provide education to a completely uneducated market. Again, they're educated about all their businesses and about crypto. They know a ton of stuff about the stuff that they know. They just don't understand real estate like we do. Right. And they're not going to bigger pockets to get that info. No, they're not. I mean, it's just fascinating just witnessing. You know, Again, like I said earlier, I started just investigating this world in January and it feels like it's been five years. Right. So like things move so fast in that world that if they have to, you know, uh, put their money in for five years, it feels like an eternity until we can convey the message in a way is like, look, we're just locking in your wins, locking in your wins. 
not saying get out of crypto. All I'm saying is next time it rips, take some chips off the table and lock in some of these old man assets that are going to help you grow your wealth. Right. Right. Crypto's volatile. Real estate's been around for hundreds of years. There's exactly a reason right. why we are in, in real estate. That's on the reliable side of our barbell. Crypto represents massive upside. We know how to manufacture upside with crypto. Yep. So and, go ahead. Well, the last one that I wanted to mention, and we don't really need to go into it, but uh, is data. The, the opportunities for anyone that's in data right now, if you're not paying attention to, attention to blockchain, like you're missing it. You are missing what this technology does from a data perspective. Uh, and, and the opportunities in my mind are just so massive that – Again, I feel personally that the blockchain is going to be as ubiquitous as Linux is today. It's going to be running on almost every data platform. It's just going to be running in the background. You're not even going to know it's there. Yeah. Things are going to be different. Things are going to change, and you won't know why, and it doesn't really matter why. All, all we know is that it will eventually uh, diffuse to the entire population. You can either be in the front half of the diffusion of innovation, or it could be in the back half. Totally up to you where you want to you be. You don't but... want to be a laggard, man. What a <laughs> what a what a burn that is. What an ugly what word. Oh my I'm like, man, do not ever call me a laggard. Oh, that would hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, the point here is if you're in data, if you're like skip tracing, property management, uh uh direct mail, like all these things that that use data and, and real estate uses a ton of data. If you're in that space, you got to start paying attention to blockchain. Otherwise, you're going to get left behind. That's as simple as that. I can't understate that. Yeah. So I think that's a good point, a good place to wrap up here. Uh, if what we're talking about sounds interesting, you want to find out more, go to blockchainwales.com. There's no cost, right? We got a bunch of free masterclasses up there. Join our community on Discord. You know, we got, again, more material there uh, where you can interact with us, interact with uh, all those people that we've brought over from the crypto world. You can talk to them. If you don't believe us, you can talk to them, right? So join our community, and then uh, we will see you guys here next week. Bye, everyone.